uh, it, it was an exploration of me in my early 20s trying to understand what it meant to be part of this culture it was a very difficult book to write then it was a very difficult book to edit in my 40s because it was really some of the writing was very self indulgent <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you've done so much work since the since you started writing yeah, this book. So yes, we, we lost yeah. the original draft because I think 600 pages, we cut it down to about 187 pages. Yeah, so I, I really like that theme of stories being passed down to us, especially from, you know, our elders, our grandparents, our parents. There's so many things that just get lost when people go away. And I read in an interview that in your book, there's a Nana character. He says to his grandkid that you must witness all of these things so that you don't make these mistakes in the future. And this is uh, set in 1984. So what do you think kids now should be witnessing so that they don't make mistakes in their future? Well, I find it wonderfully amusing that people think of 1984 as history. I think I have acid wash jeans that I wore in 1984. What we are losing as a people is the capacity to talk about this wonderful word, empathy. Callousness ultimately is the, the incapacity for empathy. I had a very interesting experience. I, I was talking to some kids about the book and they were like, what do we care about 1984? We weren't even alive then. Mm. And I tried to point out to them that it doesn't matter if you were alive, that it doesn't matter if you endured the suffering. Unless you open your mind enough to, to understand that there are more stories than your own. It's the difference between being a small people and a big people. You know, what unites everyone in India is the capacity to tell each other stories. Indians are by nature storytellers. Yeah, we are. And even more so than that, what unites us is the, the capacity to share each other's loss. Uh, when Indians meet for the first time, we talk about Hindi films, we talk about cricket, we talk about food, and we talk about loss. It's a universal language. Mm. One of the people who inspired this book in large part was not the Nana character, it was the Nani character. Okay. My, my, it's based on my grandmother. Yeah. And she used to say something wonderful to me. She said that all of us Punjabis, we died in 1947. That we are ghosts. And that's why we sing and we dance and we fight and we drink. Because we're trying to convince ourselves that we are alive. Wow. One of the most wonderful things about being Indian, of being of someone living in India, is the ability to hand down those things from one generation to another. My, my most treasured possessions are not my watch or my sneakers or my sunglasses. It's the, the recipes that my grandmother gave me. Yeah. You know, which, they're priceless. Yeah. The things they're, they're that get compared. passed down. Yeah. yeah, they are. Absolutely. So I think that's what I'd say to kids that if you don't start to treasure these things which are not material, which are not tangible, uh, you're losing more than you realize. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you've written in so many different genres. Uh, you've written crime, you've written graphic novels. So, is it the same Arjun uh, goes and writes a graphic novel and goes and writes a crime thriller? Or is your process and your personality that you're bringing to each of these different? That's a wonderful question. I'm a little scared to answer it. What I will say is that I think it's a misconception that writing is an art. It's not. It's a craft. It's like carpentry or swimming or riding a horse or lifting weights. If you spend 900 hours doing something, you become pretty good at it. I think that's how you have to approach. I'm not a fan of people who talk about genre. I, I think it's actually one of the most restrictive things. The word I'd rather hear than genre is imagination. I think that's really what writers yeah. should cherish. Yeah. That's what's wonderful about books, right? They're the ultimate form of freedom. You can sit in your armchair and you can travel to... Alpha Centauri or you can, you know, 
sail in a 16th century galleon or ride a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we all got into reading. That's Absolutely. why we love stories. Absolutely. And now I I read that uh, you know you're venturing into the future. You're writing speculative fiction. You know I I find it tragic that well maybe not tragic but sad that we are a country of more than a billion and a half people and we don't have any true science fiction we don't have any true fantasy fiction i mean we're starting to take small steps we have a, a small but rich tradition of it but uh, i mean where are those those wonderful i mean i grew up loving tolkien and loving narnia and why why do we not have these books here yeah in fact it circles back to what you asked the question about genre you know we try to pigeonhole these subjects these ideas into the neatest fitting shelf and uh, i think that's it's it's a disservice to to the imagination i'm very proud to say that we've spent 4 years trying to find interesting new voices uh, for this anthology called third eye which has turned out really well in fact i don't have a story in there okay uh, i i made a conscious choice i why why was that because i think if you're editing something you shouldn't have to mm, that's true yeah it's a different kind of uh, process yeah agree i think we've been very fortunate the company that's backing it is primarily a comic company but they've i was shocked i was astonished in fact by we had a web game a website designer write a story we had a a gentleman who uh, makes video game panels write us a story we had a film critic so it's not only sort of no, writers but you yeah. curated from a bunch yeah, of sources of the most wonderful yeah. i think there are a couple of really stellar stories in there wonderful writers tashan mehta yeah tashan we are fans yeah. of yes yes a great story Let's move on to the rapid fire section of this interview. So, if you had to go back in time, um, which time period would you visit? I'd actually like to go back to meet a younger version of me and give him one good tight slap. <laughs> I really would. That's unique. Why? Such an annoying human being. My younger self. <laughs> okay. Um, Fair enough. But if you really want a proper answer, I'd be very intrigued to be in Maharaja Ranjit Singh's court. I I think it's a wonderful time the Darba, the Lahore Darbar it was a mm. exciting and strange and wonderful world that I'm fascinated by. Yeah. You know ride a horse yeah. and Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Be fun. Yeah. Uh what is the strangest reaction you've ever gotten for a book of yours? Yeah there there've been some strange reactions. When the first book came out I a certain organization that shall re- remain unnamed reached out to me and uh, they threatened to beat me up. Oh my god. because they felt i was misrepresenting sikh culture oh i i apologized and they bought 500 copies of my book which i later found out were going to be burned no way so that's I like now, i make it a point to tell them every time a new book yeah. comes out because it's a great way to sell that story is like ups and downs you know yes, you got <laughs> money is then your book it's a long story fun. it's actually a good story but yeah that's a good story the really really fun moment was i was at a panel at kalaghora festival and this gentleman stood up and asked me what is the best way that a man can kill his wife and get away with it wow during a crime fiction wow panel. yeah and uh, we 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 <laughs> gave him some fairly creative suggestions oh god yeah, so. okay that actually brings me to another question um is that there's a lot of debate about uh, you know the ethical nature of true crime you know because it's sort of voyeurism uh, and we all sort of it's strange you're all watching you know how these like serial killers operate and all of this graphic stuff you you you've written crime what is your take on true crime you know my my fundamental problem with true crime is 
uh, some of it is very badly written. Yeah. And all for I mean, <laughs> if you look at like Truman Capote or Norman Mailer, what majestic books they were. Yeah, I just read uh, In Cold Blood last yeah, year. Oh my yeah. god! What yeah, a, what a book! Fantastic. I don't think true crime really inspires crime. I think there is a immense fascination for the for the taboo and the dark side. I I think it's better that we talk about it, read about it, than actually struggle with it to the point where it becomes where people actually go out and do some things. Yeah, I hope that guy like did not do anything. That's very scary. What is the one because you do a lot of writing workshops? So, what is the biggest lesson you teach in your crime writing workshop? I have one basic belief. I think the most important quality a writer has to have is a thick skin. Yeah. You know, life yes, but yeah. If you're, also, if you're right. Oh my God, <laughs> a thick skin. But I also suggest that you have to approach it like it's it's a job. Whether in crime writing, whether in any genre, you have to sit down and and put in a routine. Thousand words a day. That's my routine. Wow. I've been doing it since I was twenty. Wow! 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 Yeah, so and that's amazing. They won't all turn into books. Yeah. A lot of it will be. Rubbish. But that's why you've had so much output. Yeah, it it turns into. Yeah. I I don't really feel complete until I've done a bit of writing. Like we've interviewed sort of like writer after writer, and and like anyone who's like you know published a lot of books like you have has similar things to say. Do it every day. And. Uh, You can't think about the end product. You know, you writing the book is the easy part. Then you have to go find your agent, you have to find your publisher. Yeah. You know, you have That's to a... go through the edit process, which is like yeah, it's like you know having slow surgery performed on you without anesthetic, and uh, then other things. So I have this hilarious. I I've got twenty nine five star reviews and one two star review. I don't remember the twenty. Yeah, and you know that you know that is such a thing because we all do this. We so I told. I found the, the person who gave me the two star review. I I stalked them and found them and sent them a message and said, "Why did you give me this two star review?" So they pointed out that very sweetly she wrote back to me. It was a girl from I think from Bareilly or something. Yeah. She wrote back to me and she says, "I gave everyone two star reviews." Wow. Now is why? We come back to the thick skin. It's yeah, the thick word. skin. Yeah, I think yeah that makes a lot of sense and. I think this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so happy we got to do this, and because I have a lot of other questions have, to ask you. I have ticked off one of my bucket list <laughs> moments. I've been on bound. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry, I've been on books, books and, and beyond. beyond. Yeah, By yeah, bound. yeah. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you so this was fun. Yes. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Tara Khandelwal, the founder of Bound, a company that helps you grow through stories. Please find us on Bound India on all social media platforms. Would love to connect with you there, and we have much more coming up in this mini series. So tune in for more conversations from some amazing authors from India and South Asia, and keep your love for stories alive and for books and beyond. See you then.